Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for March 20th, 2022, uh, the third Sunday in Lent in year C. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And Bruce, how are you? I feel good because spring training is starting. Yeah, how about that? Top of the broadcast, let's give a shout out to the, uh, the the men and women of the MLB for putting together some sort of package that they can be agreed upon. And they're only missing, what, four games? I think it was. Uh, in terms of the regular season, um, the commissioner is saying he's going to work all 162 games in. Oh, thank goodness. So... <laughs> Thank goodness. Says the hockey fan. Considering considering that uh, that now twelve teams get into the playoffs yeah. and pretty much everybody's invited. <laughs> my my favorite part. I don't know if it's my favorite part, but one thing I'm very glad they did was learning from other leagues. Tanking will be harder to have payoff because the I forget the exact number five worst teams or whatever will be in a lottery for the first round draft pick. yes that so is a good not that, the yes. race to the bottom the last month of the season yes uh yeah the hockey fan in me would point out that we've had that for a long time and, <laughs> and nba fans can point that out yep. on and on yep yep, yep. Yeah, baseball's finally come to its senses yeah if only football would uh would, would yeah would realize the same the same truth but uh but yeah uh, a good yeah Totally not Episcopal uh, related at all, but hey, you know what? Um, yeah, there are those who have argued. Okay, that baseball, and I'm sure you're going to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> that baseball, maybe not lately, but in past decades, has been the most Episcopal of the professional sports. I would love to hear the 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 you know the the dissertation or the you know the 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 white paper on that. There uh, is good theology, but yeah, we should save that for another time. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we're we're uh, we're we're thuming along here in uh, um, and in Lent. Uh, yeah. we're, we're moving along quick. Uh, it's uh, the third Sunday already, uh, and uh, and and we'll, we'll we'll be done with this. Before and you know I still it. haven't bought my hot cross buns for Lent. No, you still haven't. I still haven't. Oh, Got to get that done. That's a, that is a maybe tomorrow. Crying shame. That was what that is. Well, uh, let's. Uh, we, we, I've got a couple of things to get to here in uh, today in church history. So let's move over to t- t- today. No, no, you know what? Before we do that, let's. Uh, I, I I usually like to hit the uh, the the, the, the highlight top, button. The, the highlight of uh, what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what all is going in the church during Lent? I mean, it's a dull, droll time, so we're not doing anything, <laughs> right? It's a uh, there's hot cross buns. There's hot cross buns. <laughs> well, we're um, because of the the. Wonderful COVID numbers. We're getting to add back more and more features to church life, mm-hmm. especially worship life. So once we had, again, we have we had um, home baked bread this we week. Had this past week, bread this past week. There was great rejoicing. Yeah, I got like a whole half a loaf. Uh, That's the advantage of being at the back of the line. <laughs> <laughs> Got to might as well use it up. You are the birds. Get it. Um, we have the walking through Lent. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning hikes um, on paved trails. So usually they're about 45 minutes long. Mm-hmm. Meet at mm-hmm. 9, done by 10. Great way to start a Saturday, in my opinion, anyway. Um, all sorts of other stuff happening. Lots of planning going on for Holy Week. You can see all those things on the website. 
Which is holyfamilyfishers.org. Exactly. Very good. Well, uh, this day in church history, I'm going to take you way back uh, to 1473 for our first one. Uh, I loved the way that this website uh, put this one together. <laughs> so it, it went in regardless uh, because this is this is exactly what it says. It says, kneeling in the confessional, Catherine of Genoa experiences an overpowering sense of her faults and the world's misery owing to its sin against the goodness of God, and she nearly swoons. <laughs> Transported by love for God, she lives the remainder of her life, uh, when she died in 1510, in an unusually heightened spiritual state. I hear that's going to be on Netflix next year. <laughs> the swooning of Catherine yes. of Genoa. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, it was such a, it, it, this website has, uh, so many like very specific facts and a yeah. lot of times some words that you're like, you're like what is this thing talking about? <laughs> this was like, almost like a poetic yeah, entry. Is, uh, so like a little breath of fresh air for right. the reader. And, and who knew like, like what, an, what an, in a way, an odd entry for March 20th of 1473, like, oh, on this day. This swooning well, happened. <laughs> well, one of the cool things is once you get into that era, near a near swoon, I should say. It says she nearly swoons. That's true. So, uh, uh, not, not a, a swoon. complete, swoon. not a full swoon, a half swoon. How long did she live after that? Uh, she lived another uh, thirty-seven years. Wow! So that was quite a long semi-swoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A perpetual swoon-like state. <laughs> I did, okay. My irreverent little comment. We don't have is, irreverent sides to us. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just picturing you know, a group of nuns saying, Why isn't she doing the dishes? Well, she's semi swooning. <laughs> Again, still? It's been 30 years. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it, one you of those can't moments. can't swoon and dry at the same time. <laughs> right. One of those, uh, one of those moments, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, Hey, those, those kind of moments get, uh, and, and maybe not near swooning, but, uh, uh, these kind of, uh, epiphanies, uh, yeah. appear throughout, you know, the Holy text themselves. Oh yeah. So, um, so yeah, it and understands I'm actually, that it would I'm, alter her for forever. Yeah. Um, I'm not dissing that it happened. Sure. And sure, sure, sure. one of the nice things is that. When it did, it was an era when reading and writing was becoming more widespread. And so mm. it's not unlikely that someone you know, wrote down, yeah. We noticed a change in Catherine today. She, she's <laughs> almost, she was almost swooning today. <laughs> she seemed to float. Yes. What an odd, what an odd occurrence. What will become of this? Right. I hope I live to see the day. <laughs> nope, you won't. You're too old. <laughs> You're too old. <laughs> the younger sisters, Mike. Yes. Um, uh, well, we move forward. Yeah, uh, beat this one. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, uh, a, a violent turn <laughs> from oh, this no. morning uh, to 1612. This day in church history, Polish forces attack the Blue Jay Lake Monastery uh, near uh, Novgorod and kill your Fersinius, its founder, because he does not have valuables to turn over to them as ransom for his life. Who attacked them? The, uh, some Polish forces. Okay. Attacked okay. the monastery, which 
Well, I, I don't I'm think of the it, polls as particularly like, hey, let's go uh, burn that monastery to the ground <laughs> or hold it ransom. Uh, not exactly, you know, something that sticks out in your mind. Of like, oh, that sounds like it belongs in history. <laughs> well, but it was an uh, era in which mo- some monasteries had accumulated great wealth. Mm-hmm. And so if you were a thieving kind of guy, a monastery made a very good target. Mm, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So not this one. This one was, and and rather than yeah, they they did not do scouting well. Yeah, right. And rather than uh, just taking their lumps and realizing like, oh, that was a wasted effort. Let's murder this guy who has nothing. Well, and it come on, it's how a, it's how a criminal gang works. I suppose. So it's, you know, tell tell your friends. You know, <laughs> this this is what will happen to them. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, we move forward a few years to 1653. Oliver Cromwell's government uh, creates a court of 43 commissioners to examine all ministers who are awarded church positions in England to certify their fitness for ministerial service. So I'm sure that turned out great. Um, <laughs> Let's just say there's a whole lot of straw burned. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. one won't. More straw. Something about his name, Oliver Cromwell. I'm trying to put my finger on it. Uh, yeah, and obviously they were they were looking for clergy that had Catholic leanings. Yeah, mm-hmm. and did not bode well for those who were accurately or inaccurately accused of having Catholic leanings. Yeah, it didn't matter. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Uh, 1757, the evangelist uh, William Romaine has nothing to do with the lettuce, oh. uh, preaches at St. Mary's Oxford on the Lord our righteousness and gives such uh, such offense to the self-righteous scholars that he's barred <laughs> from ever preaching there again. <laughs> and, I like that one. <laughs> it's got to be on your bucket list, Bruce, right? To, to, get, to get a... That, like, before you're done, before you call it quits, before you hang up your, your you know, your your priestly robes, uh, don't you want to give some sort of uh, an address that bars you from some group of people? That kind of is the ultimate mic drop, isn't it? <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying something to some, something to, uh, to, to strive for, to achieve. Yeah. And well, and what I'm thinking is he probably was his invitation to Sherry Hour was probably canceled. <laughs> probably canceled, exactly. Um, 1799, believing himself eternally damned, William Cowper writes his last poem, The Castaway, in which he compares himself to a man who has fallen off a ship in a storm and has to be abandoned by his shipmates. Cowper is well known in English literature as a, a precursor of the Romantic movement and also wrote such hymns as... There is a fountain filled with blood, which I'm not familiar with. Uh, and I'm more of a chocolate fountain kind of guy. <laughs> right, right. But this one, oh, for a closer walk with God. Uh, uh, he he uh, wrote those hymns. So, uh, And then uh, our last one, in 1873, in a letter to an assembly of, and apologies, this is the actual terminology for this group, uh, uh, in a letter to an assembly of the Colored Methodist Episcopal Church, huh. W.H. Miles, their only living bishop, urges them to elect three more because the denomination has grown so large, one or two bishops can no longer oversee it. Mm-hmm. So uh, a, a growing group of, of, uh, of uh, churchgoers there under W.H. Miles. Um, yeah, what year was that? 1873. 
Okay, I'm surprised it was that late, but no, no, that makes sense because it was formed around the time of the Civil War. So, mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that that concludes uh, th this year. This was a pretty good crop of yeah. fun facts. Some swooning, some <laughs> growth, some death, some eternally some, damned. And yeah, some some introspective like flogging. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's it's an interesting group of people we uh, well, got to cover okay. today. And and I'm in an irreverent mood. and Cromwell. So, so, I, <laughs> so I'm picturing this poor poet, you know, in heaven now saying, "Never mind." <laughs> I was a little hard on myself. Yeah. I was going through some stuff. The literature's great, though. So yeah. whatever. Anything for the art. Right. <laughs> uh, well, let's uh, let's let's move to our first reading. Yes. Uh, which uh, this week will come to us from Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 1 through 9. Gotta love a... a, 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 a a, a reading that starts this way. Yeah. Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you have, and you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Um, this is the third part of Isaiah. Yes, 55? Is there, this is the tail end of the second? Yes. To one of those. To both of those. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How does that work? Scholars are, to this very day, mm -hmm. debating whether it's the end of the authorship of 2nd Isaiah or is it the beginning of the authorship of 3rd Isaiah. Okay. And it's it's definitely a transitional piece of theology, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I, I have a, I think it's one of those things where we today, when we think of scholarship, expect at least a certain degree of black and white answers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And here's an example of that's not how the world works. Yeah. 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 So, um, so this is, this is kind of, this is forward looking, uh, 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 much of Isaiah, I suppose is, but, uh, forward looking to the return, um, uh, to the, their homeland, but, um, they haven't left quite yet. They haven't probably. left quite yet. And then, but there's all this imagery of free food and free drink yeah. and, and rest relaxation don't work so hard. 
Um, one would imagine, though, that as you're facing this return home, this would be like the planning stages. Like, oh my gosh, dude, no, right. don't don't rest and relax. There's gonna be there's so much work to do. We gotta pack up all this stuff. We gotta you know we gotta we gotta head back, and then once we get there, we gotta start working on the temple again. We gotta you know yeah. we gotta put this together. This is this is uh, uh, a kind of a call for. Uh, to put all that kind of stuff on uh, on the back burner and yeah. to kind of to 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 what to to enjoy well, God's presence to certainly bask to, in His grace or something like certainly that. certainly those things, but also not to over plan because usually God does not give a five year plan. Mm -hmm. Usually mm -hmm. it's go this far on this day and we'll mm -hmm. talk in the morning. Um, so it's. One of those uh, pieces that remind us that we are not capable of absorbing God's long-term plans and therefore need to be fairly humble about what we're planning. Yeah. And still and, and be joyous in that. Not not have that dynamic full of anxiety, but have it full of joy and relief. Okay. It's not all on our shoulders to figure this out. Uh it, I find it interesting, though, that there's there's this phrase on verse six uh, that because it's written this way, it, it draws my mind to uh, the 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 creation of the possibility of the opposite of it. Yeah. So the, the, the phrase says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Because it's written that way, the mind almost immediately realize, has the thought of like, oh, so there's going to be a period of time where he's not. Now, where's she going? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, is that more of a – is that still in the forward-facing tense or is this more of a – especially for the, the, the people uh, it, it would have been written about and for, the reminder of like, we've been there. We, you know, we, we've enjoyed this time that we have now because we all know that we've had time without, uh, and, and, and we should, we should enjoy God while he's present <laughs> in this moment. Yeah. It's, yeah. But it's, it's more not about when God is present, but when are we present? Uh, okay. Okay. That. While you're in captivity in Babylonia, while you're traveling back to Jerusalem, the region of Jerusalem, <clears throat> it'll be much easier for you to be open to God than once you get back and you're distracted by so many other things. Right. Uh, you know, and and you know, where, where are my keys? You know? <laughs> sure, sure. I, I, my house is still here, but I don't have the keys. Um. Yeah, and, and how true? How true of a phrase? <laughs> For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and yeah. my, nor are your ways my ways. Um. Uh. Um. What's the? Is 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 there anything else though about this uh this passage that like the intention of the author um that that may be hidden i mean we only get the first nine verses so it's i i recognize that it's entirely possible that it's part of a larger theme or 
Uh, but it's also entirely possible that it repeats several different ways. <laughs> yeah, it, it's more that it gets into the repeating. Okay. Um, the imagery of saying it a different way, that there's mm-hmm. the, the verses about rain and snow come down and um, what it does, and yet we don't understand how seeds grow and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, you shall go out in joy, in joy, and be led back in peace. Um, the mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song. So, it's it builds on the reassuring imagery mm-hmm. within the verses that we do have for today. Yeah, because because we're freed of the anxiety of trying to figure out for ourselves how we should go about getting back to our homes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really I really like the phrase at the beginning of verse 2. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean and and I'd make a great tattoo. <laughs> you have another arm. I do have another arm. There's room. We did. We did. We did my other tattoo last week, actually, in, in the, the in the psalm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and this it, to me anyway, this sounds almost. It sounds very similar to some of the psalms. Yeah, it is very poetic. Um, it, well, it is poetry. Yeah, it's not just sounds that way. And I'm surprised actually that you did not start. With how it starts, of well, yeah, with the with, with ho ho. I mean that that doesn't happen often in scripture. No, I mean it it and it really, yeah, is, it, you know, it shout this word. Yeah, it really, uh, it really almost uh, uh, is like, oh wait, are we starting a Shakespearean play? What's going on? <laughs> Pretty, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you ladies and gents, as I tell yeah. my tale. I'm totally making up Shakespeare. <laughs> sure, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, and and it's that's one reason pe- some people say, okay, this has to be the beginning of Third Isaiah because it's it is like a wake up from Second Isaiah. Here's my stuff. Well, uh, since you have a since you have the full Bible in front of you, yeah. will you do me a favor? Will you go back and read uh, the last verse of 54 mm-hmm. into 55? Um, I'll actually read the two verses before. Okay. okay. And this is the voice of God. See, it is I who have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon fit for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. The weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper and you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, says the Lord. Ho! Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Ha! Ha! Oh, goodness. I was too close. I was too close to the speaker. (laughs) Yeah, so 54 does have a different feel to it, to me anyway than 55 55 is much more reassuring though if you've been enslaved for a couple generations maybe hearing about how god is militarily essentially going to be on your side maybe that maybe that's also reassuring enough 
to get you back on the road back home. Yeah, you could definitely see a different tone. That, that's a different voice yeah. uh, altogether. I it, it now 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 there's such a disparity. Like in my head, I could I can see uh, this is this is Dudley Do Right uh, yeah. uh, in in fifty five. Ho! Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. <laughs> It's maybe supposed, not. Maybe it's not. supposed to be more Superman. Okay, uh, Superman. All right. Yeah. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Uh, I like mine better. Uh, <laughs> I like mine better. Any uh, anything more about uh, this passage from Isaiah fifty-five? I think that's sufficient to suffice. Sufficient to suffice. Let's move on to Psalm chapter or Psalm sixty-three, verse one through eight. O God, you are my God, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Um, beautiful poetry here. Yeah. Uh, um, and... Uh, we only have verse one through eight. How much more to uh, sixty Psalm sixty three? Three, three more verses. Yeah, well, yeah, nine, ten, eleven. Can we hear the the end? I mean, yeah. come on, legendary people. <laughs> three more verses. We read like twenty it, some verse psalms all the time. It shifts the mood a little bit. Oh, so we don't want a mood change. No, okay. but so, but I will read them. I just okay. I'd give you a heads up. Okay. So verse eight is my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down to the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be prey for jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God. All who swear by, the, by him shall exult, for the mouths of liars will be stopped. <laughs> so I'm imagining, like, I don't know if you've ever had this uh, happen to you before, but like, like like a, a grandmother or a grandfather figure like recounting something yeah. like oh you know it, when I was a kid we went play, picked blackberries and we made, mother made a you know a beautiful mm -hmm. pie and it was just the most wonderful thing except for that horrible wench of a you know what I mean? yeah. like like except the time that Catherine down the street <laughs> God I hated her. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's how I felt as you were reading that. Yeah. Like, this is such gorgeous poetry. And then you're like, and it's the jackals, and I hope That's they right. burn it hell. Oh, God. Grandma. <laughs> Grandma, what happened? Oh, yeah. sorry, dear. Well, and, and even two things. One, some commentators back you up on the idea that this is not... This was not originally one psalm. Oh, okay. But okay, there are others who also just as strongly say, no, this is one psalm, and it's only us wimpy modern people who can't hold these 
two aspects of life in a creative tension mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that at times, even when we're feeling close to God, there'll still be a part of us that wants to look at someone and say, you're jackal meat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 And that, well, and those, those commentators will say, you know, the rest of the Psalm is um, coming out of tribulation. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's why it has the, punchline at the end of yeah that that tribulation was terrible but justice will be served yeah yeah um do we have any other historical context for this psalm is there anything else known about it like uh authorship or about when it was written is it used in any particular way for services or good question um well, thank you <laughs> <laughs> the um the, those last th- three verses um, caused some people to say it was pro- it was probably no not probably it possibly was used as part of the hymns for when um, kings and officials were instituted into their office. Mm, okay, um, filled with God's blessings and <laughs> right. Don't forget, we could kill you at any yes. time. <laughs> Righteously so. Thank you. (laughs) All hail, King. Yes, for now. Uh, (laughs) So long as we deem God wills it. (laughs) Get that pointy bit away from me. (laughs) Stab him with all the pointy bits. (laughs) But yes, the verse 11, but the king shall rejoice in God. That, that's mm. the part that, um, for some scholars, they say that shows that it was a royal hymn. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. In, one thing we do know is that in the opening decades of Christianity, often this psalm was used every Sunday. Mm. Sort of like we use the Gloria today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that it was so beloved. Um, the first part more than the last few verses. <laughs> right, right. Um, but as far as we know, they didn't cut it off. Uh, I'm curious about the, the, the phrasing in the, the actual first uh, verse there to see if there's, if there's any other alter, uh, alteration uh, possible in the, uh, in the translation. The phrase, my flesh faints for you. I would be very curious to know, my flesh faints for you if, there, if there's like... Because, I mean, we, we had the discussion earlier today about swooning. Uh, yeah. it's, it kind of evokes the same imagery. What what does that mean? My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That kind of more is like, like we wither away? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it, it, <laughs> it's the ultimate dry skin experience. <laughs> gotcha. So, so, uh, so, so and essentially what it's, the imagery it's it's giving us is like with when i'm when we're apart as the the first you know the first reading kind of indicated that we would have times where we were apart and uh mm-hmm. um when we're apart i wither and die yeah. you know wither without uh uh, uh being close to to god like it, it yeah and it's certainly meant meant metaphorically sure 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 that you know, life life itself dries up mm-hmm. um, when I've wandered away from God. Okay. Okay. And it, it, the same word occurs four times, and each time it's 
a used as a metaphor for one's self. Okay. So, you know, my, it's part of the poetic structure. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. It's, you know, mm-hmm. I faint for you. Faint yeah. for you. But that's boring to say it that way. Agreed. Agreed. Quite boring. Good Quite boring. Good on you, uh, uh, Jewish <laughs> poetry writers. Or no, Psalm. Sorry. Psalm. <laughs> yeah. It does sound kind of Isaiah-ish to me. It does. It does. Um, yeah. It, a sense for longing, uh, but worded in a, a little differently. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and also note that it has, in verse 2, uh, so I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. So it's another psalm that references the holy temple in Jerusalem, uh-huh. which was never built in David's lifetime. Right. And so we know it's post King David. Gotcha. Okay. So that gives us a little bit more of the yeah. historical context. Um, anything else about the psalm here? No, that's pretty good. Well, let's move on. Our reading today from the gospel is Luke chapter 13, verse 1 through 9. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way, they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of... Siloam fell on them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Um, So we start this reading with... Is this this a historical occurrence that we can actually trace? Like there... uh, um, Pilate mingled the blood of Galileans with their sacrifices? Like, do we know anything about what's being referenced here? What's that, what happened? Uh, the historian Josephus wrote about numerous times where Pilate killed Jews while they were worshiping. Okay. So um, we don't know which time exactly, but yeah, it was a common occurrence for Pilate to get very, very bloody in his oppression of the Jewish people. Gotcha. And then, and then this other reference to uh, the Tower of Siloam, mm-hmm. um, and it fell and killed 18, 18 people. Do we have a historical context for that? As far as I know, we don't. Okay. Um, and just so it's it, it's more trivia than anything else. But that's that's a neighborhood essentially of Jerusalem. Okay, I was going to ask. Ooh, yeah. Like it's, it wasn't a distant event. It was one where the people in the audience would have said, "Yeah, I knew a guy there." Hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it starts to touch on uh, uh, these these events that um, do call into question the, the why do why does bad things yep. happen to good people? Um, and I don't know, at first blush, the, the, the response Jesus gives isn't 
isn't that reassuring? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you know, Wait, or, were they were they worse than everybody else? And and of course, you know, the answer, you know, it, especially at least in our modern minds, is like, no, no, they, you know, unless you subscribe to the idea of like bad things happen because people deserve it, which creates a, I still personally have. Uh, trouble uh, even getting myself on the same plane of existence right. as people who, who think that way. Um, it's, you know, no, no, the tower that fell on 18 people, you know, they weren't terrible people and it deserved, deserved it. And God, you know, yeah. flick, <laughs> knock <laughs> the tower over to kill him. Uh, uh, no, uh, but unless you repent, you'll all perish just the way they did. Like, Wait, 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 I'm going to die by way of a tower falling on me uh, or, you know, and, 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 and let's start with unpacking this by, by getting a better definition of the word repent, because uh, modern mindset will have all sorts of baggage that goes with that word. Um, so let's, let's, let's dig into the, to the word that's actually being used. What, what, what does, what does he say? Turn to God, basically. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so this is, uh, be, because oftentimes, uh, we believe, we, we talk about repent and be baptized. It's very Christian, uh, uh, theology and very, um, narrowly defined in that yes context. yes repent and believe in jesus christ as your personal lord yeah. and savior like there's like a lot that gets kind of added on to that word a lot of times so this is uh return to god which is kind of a theme that we have throughout these readings today yeah uh uh getting closer uh not withering as in a dry land and 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 mm -hmm. having have your soul thirst for god again um so Essentially, um, it, it, it creates, though, an interesting situation because you, you start to, if you're trying to narrowly define what Jesus is saying here, you're saying, okay, so you need to be close to God or otherwise bad things will happen to you. It's kind of the way it starts to sound. Yeah, but... But if you are close, then it, then it won't. You won't be those uh, people who get it's, killed by <clears throat> Pilate or. Well, at, but if you if we look closely at it, um, well, two things. One is there is there is a lot of debate about the verse three and five mm -hmm. whether they were added later. Oh, okay. That they they may not be of Jesus. Um, that we put in red letters that aren't red letters. <laughs> we would never do that. It has been known to happen. Um, and never. Um, in part because this only occurs in Luke. Okay. So there's, unlike a lot of pieces of Luke, which also occur in Mark and Matthew, or at least Matthew. This one standalone in Luke. So <laughs> there's not as much quality control gotcha. as with mm -hmm. other quotes from Jesus. And it, the, the Greek doesn't completely make sense mm -hmm. in terms of the, those two verses being pasted onto the others. Okay. It looks like in the Greek, it's leading towards 
random acts of death happen to everyone. Yeah. Instead, instead of this, um, unless you repent, you all perish as they did. Yeah. But there's also then those who say, wait, take that first thing of anyone could die of a random event and have that your focus as you read verses three and five. And it's, you could die any day. So be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. You know, be prepared for death. Be prepared for, you know, to use modern imagery, be ready to meet your maker. Right. That bus may hit you today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, and the, and the people who are hit by the bus, that's not God's will. That's just what happens sometimes. Yeah. That's, that's the major point of this part right. of, of chapter 13. The, the, the randomness of life yeah. and, and, uh, how there's only so much that is within your control. Yeah. And, and, and I could see that, that in, in those first few verses, the only thing that the audience would have control over is the repenting. Exactly. <laughs> That's the one thing you can do. So do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, is it just me or does this parable seem like uh, there should be more? <laughs> like, I, I want to know what happened to the tree. Did it bear fruit? Did it get cut down? Um, and uh, it, this is this is one of those parables that can be uh, used and misused. I I, I feel um, uh, so. This is the um, uh, kind of lends itself to the uh, uh, acts uh, without faith or faith without yeah. acts uh, kind of debate. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, in this context, certainly. Um, so. Uh, can we can we break down this parable uh, kind of more to its core? Because so a fig tree, um, I know that a lot of times uh, imagery is used. Uh, trees are used as imagery for for like lineage and uh, legacy and yeah. like uh, entire families, uh, it, it, like that kind of a thing. Is it is that the imagery that we think they're kind of going for at this point? Because usually that's more of a tree, not a not a fig tree. It doesn't necessarily, I don't recall like fruit being part of necessarily the, the, the imagery. It's usually just the tree grows and it's branches and. That okay. Kind of thing. I see where you're going. Those, that imagery comes from the gospel of John mm -hmm. and usually is a grapevine. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, they use in terms of, plant imagery they're more likely to use um seeds uh, mustard trees mm -hmm. figs fig trees and um wheat okay so yeah so john's playing his own game in terms of botany <laughs> <laughs> i got you um now are, are, are we supposed to see ourselves as the fig tree yeah okay um so in other words, and that's why there's not a conclusion. I got you. Okay. Okay. You get to write. The right. Ending How with, does the story go? Uh, uh, tune to, you know, flip to page 67. If you decide to bear fruit. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> or 43. If you decide not to. Oh no. You got cut down. And, <laughs> and then, yeah. And in Matthew and Mark, they have a, a, a similar, but not identical, um, interaction between Jesus and um, fig tree. And in those Jesus curses the fig tree 
and it withers and dies. Mm. So yeah, it, you don't want to go to page sixty-three or whichever. Right, one. right, right. <laughs> That's kind of dark imagery. Yeah, uh, it's kind of which dark Luke chose not to use. Yeah. Uh, Right, right, right. Well, even 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 the parable itself is kind of dark imagery. I mean, it's it like uh, the man uh, is very grim reaperish, <laughs> and uh, whether or not he's going to come along with his scythe and you know cut me down, I don't know. I don't know. I better start performing. This is the this is the fear of God kind of a parable. Yeah. Um. Um. But it's also the. I mean, it's. As often happens in teachings in the Gospels, it's also an exaggeration of the possible mm -hmm. because it's not likely that a serious farmer would have taken this approach. Yeah, it does it's seem kind of that, extreme. It's yeah, it's not that hard to grow a fig tree, mm -hmm. and so more likely, yeah, we'll just cut it down, plant another one. We'll have one that same size in a matter of months. Yeah, I was kind of uh, that was going to be one of my uh, um, out loud musings. I wonder how long it takes a, a general fig tree to bear fruit. Well, years ago when I was living in California, um, I don't even know where one of the nurseries was selling fig trees, mm -hmm. and so I said, "Well, that'd be interesting to have." So I planted my garden, and it took about two years. Okay, and figs started to come off it. So in a way. Uh, this uh, man who owns a vineyard, uh, a little impatient. So yeah. it took an extra year. Jeez. And so no wonder the uh, gardener is like, dude, calm down. Uh, <laughs> well, it said he's looked at it for three years. Yeah. Well, okay. I got you. For three years, I've yeah. come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Um, but, um, you know, the thought occurs to me as to, like, it, it's it's really easy to read this uh parable and go okay we're the fig tree god is the man with the vineyard but is that true because the third party is the gardener and the gardener is the one who's like dude let me tend to this let me give it some you know some encouragement some take special mm -hmm. care of it and, and give it every opportunity to grow um yeah so if you need to make it a, an analogy Rather than a metaphor or a parable, the yeah the the gardener the one who wants to nurture is God, or is is the gardener Jesus? Same thing. And God is the well just just playing on that that slight role difference of Jesus comes to tend to the fig tree and then whatever happens after that is up to them and whether whether or not uh, the fig tree decides to get a little closer to the man and bear some fruit. Uh, once the gardener's taken taken care of you, you've gotten all you need. Maybe, maybe, but I don't think in Luke that difference between Jesus and God is that strong. Mm, I gotcha. Uh, I gotcha. So I hesitate, but certainly that's within the realm of possibility. Well, again, that's that's more looking for a a a, a hard and fast answer yeah. to uh, something that's designed to not. Yeah, it's designed it. to make you stop and yeah. ponder. Yeah, so, um, so it's almost—it really is almost like a Zen saying, or mm -hmm. I can't remember the technical term for it. Something to meditate on, where because it has no closing. Right. It's a or, open ended. <clears throat> or uh, yet another interpretation: Are we the gardener? Right. We and well, the fig tree is 
someone near uh, us. Our, our actual fruits of labor. Yeah, it could be ourselves. Yeah, it could like, be it was enclosed in one person. Right. But I was thinking more, we're the gardener responsible for caring for people around us mm-hmm. who are not yet producing fruit. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. Another, yet another yeah. way to look at it. Which means it's a good parable. Yeah. Dude, you've been around that person for three years. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't, uh, haven't yeah, done I haven't really, enough. Give me a couple I more. I haven't really <laughs> yeah. said anything or done anything nice to all them we, for them we, yet. All we've done is talk about the Colts. So. Yeah, right. right. 